Well, hey, all you wiretappers out there, back here in the studio of Gangland Wire. Nice uh, spring day. See, I got my short sleeve, my golf shirt on. Oops, I got a button unbuttoned here. No, I don't. It's there. Anyhow, I think I'm going to try to get out and, and at least get in nine. And uh, when I get done with this, uh, according to this story, I, I found an interesting article. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Cosa Nostra News, a guy named Ed Scarpo. I had him on the show a long time ago. And, he, he writes a lot of good stuff. Uh, I found a really interesting article about the murder of a beautiful Chicago girl named Estelle Carey. And this happened in 1943. And the most likely suspect was a man named Marshall Caifano, who I talked about before. Did he kill Ray Ryan? Uh, he was kind of a killer, you know, uh, Marshall Caifano, I don't remember how much I said about him, but just to let you know, he came up, you know, out of the old days, the 42 gang. And, and before Spilatro, the outfit had sent him out to Las Vegas to purchase land and watch over the outfit's interest in uh, casinos like the Riviera at the time that was run by Gus Greenbaum. And, and he, was, uh, he was only, what did I, did I say? He was five foot tall. Now, one murder that the authorities suspected him of back in these days was a notoriously grisly murder of a girl, a woman named Estelle Carey. She was a beautiful young cocktail waitress. And Caifano, I mentioned about, he was a shorty. It's said that one, one, guy, one wise guy claimed to have said, he probably, this was probably a newspaper man or a cop, uh, probably it sounds like something uh, Bill Romer would say. If, if one stood on the other's shoulders, they might been tall enough to change a light bulb. Now, Caifano, just a little more background on him. He came up under uh, Sam or Salvatore Battaglia, who ended up being a pretty powerful uh, capo and outfit boss, really. He was called Teats. Now, he got this nickname, Teats, well, according to this website, uh, who knows, uh, uh, Copper, a uh, newspaper man, said that he one, one time he said, shut up or I'll bust you in the teats. Uh, so <laughs> these guys all graduated out of the 42 gang. Teats Battaglia had a crew and, and you know, kind of started off, they, they, they found cases of whiskey that had fallen off a truck. This was after Prohibition was over. And with that whiskey that fell off a truck, they supplied most of the Chicago downtown, especially Chicago bars. Teach Battaglia was a really good businessman, and, and he took a lot of his ill-gotten gains and, and invested it in commercial real estate in Nevada and Arizona and, and bought strip malls and, and other kinds of things out there. And, and that's why he sent Caifano out west was to, to watch over uh, the outfits and especially his business interest out there. Uh, there's a mob historian named John William Tui, and he had once noted that uh, this battalion crew made so much money that the entire gang were regular attendants at stockholders meetings at a giant food conglomerate. The uh, a company salesman for this company called Twin Foods identified four of battalion's crew as paid salesmen for this company. So they really infiltrated this uh, huge, I think it was a publicly traded company. During the 1940s, the 
outfits started extorting money from motion picture chains and eventually victimized Hollywood production companies. You know, they did this for quite a while until a couple of the, uh, the uh, production company owners ended up going to the IRS. And, you know, and they got into this racket kind of happenstance. There was an outfit bar owner named Nick Cercella. And he had learned from some guys were in one of his bars and, and they just like dropped it that they were extorting money from the Balaban and Katz theater chains. Uh, they were using, they were into the projectors union, I believed, and, and uh, they, were, they were drunk bragging about their little action. So Silla liked that idea and he took it to others in the outfit and said, hey, you know, this is a pretty good scheme. And, and these guys, the outfit just moved in on these small guys and, and, and took their scheme away from them. And, you know, the outfit already knew about using labor unions and labor trouble to extort money from business owners. I mean, that's all over the United States. Uh, they, they were doing that. And so they use the same tactic, you know, starting with other movie chains and, and moved on to Hollywood production companies. And by 1943, the, the IRS got into it and other law enforcement agencies and, and started going after them and started passing out and started out passing out subpoenas to get witnesses and, and uh, building a case with the grand jury. Now the outfit had used a guy, he's kind of a big fat guy, was real loud and, and uh, gross named Willie Bioff. And he was their man in Hollywood. And, and the, uh, he, he was just, he was out there best I can remember about him, you know, big fancy cars and lived in a big uh, mansion out there. And so the IRS went after him, made a case on him and he agreed to testify. And as these, out, these indictments were coming down, that's where they had this famous meeting at Frank Nitti's house down in Cicero. And Paul Luita Rica was, was looking to get charged with, uh, Handsome Johnny, Johnny Roselli was looking to get charged. Uh, Charlie Cherino Gioi was the boss of, uh, of uh, Des Moines and Omaha and other Midwest outline outfit operations was, was closely connected to Kansas City. And, and they basically told us, I, I remember studying out or, or researching Paul, the waiter, Rika. He really was the brains behind Frank Nitty, the enforcer who, I don't know, he was kind of forced to take the upfront role. Nitty had spent a little bit of time in jail before, but he was claustrophobic. But they suggested to him that he's going to have to take a conviction on this. And being claustrophobic, just a few days later after this meeting, I believe, I don't think it was directly after, he walked back behind his house down some railroad tracks down there in Cicero, and uh, they found him, his dead body down there with a gun. He said he killed himself. And I think there was really never any, uh, any kind of thing about that because it didn't do anybody any good that because all the rest of these guys ended up going to the penitentiary because of Willie Bioff. Now, uh, Nick Cercella, he had information about that whole thing because really he's a guy that started, he's the one that brought the first tip to him about this whole scam, this extortion scam. And the government went after him. They, they wanted him to testify and he had maintained some kind of piece in, you know, in the action. I don't know exactly what his part in it was and he had this beautiful girlfriend named Estella Carey and he had hired her hired Estella Carey to work in something called the Colony Club on Rust Street and she ran a game called 26 and they they had 10 dice and they would roll 10 dice and the sum 
of the dice came to 26 and you got a free drink on the house. I suppose you had to pay a little money. You probably tipped her eye, you know, it was just kind of a small little fun game, but she also was a good, she was great at switching dice, I guess is, is what they said. And they'd have other games, you know, for money. And she, she would switch out a loaded dice and then take the other dice out and, and put the good dice back in and take the loaded dice out. Once, you know, once your your guy who you want to win makes enough passes, then what he'll do is uh, he'll, he'll like drop them. I've seen this, they drop them out, you know, off to the side and that distracts people and then they can maybe switch them out. And she could switch out those loaded dice. There's also another deal. She'd switch out just one die. And, and instead of having a one spot, you would have a five spot. Uh, so I think there's more chances if it were your dice, you'd have more chances to, to roll a seven on, on your first rollout. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not very good with those odds and keeping those numbers in my head. But as a result of this, and, and being this Cercella's girlfriend who had a lot of money, you know, from his, uh, uh, out of the Hollywood scam, and he might have been he might have been uh, skimming a little for himself. Uh, that's that's one theory here. But she had a really expensive downtown apartment in Chicago and kept a lot of furs and jewelry in there. So the IRS is pressing the case and they're searching for Cecilia. They uh, they want him as a material witness. This uh, Carrie dyes her red hair black, and she lays so with Cecilia and. Finally, the feds pinched him and, and were holding him as a material witness for the Hollywood extortion case. Carrie continued to lay low and she moved in with a roommate named Maxine Buroff. And on February the 2nd, 1943, uh, her roommate went to work one night and she admitted someone she knew into the building. And shortly after neighbors were smell, will smell smoke burning in the building and the fire department will come and, and they find a fire inside. Uh, and they also find a very gruesome scene. Uh, they found Estelle Carey tied to a chair and her, they'd poured some kind of accelerant, uh, kerosene or gasoline or something, probably kerosene, gasoline, you know, it burns so fast on her body and it was burning and she was dead already. And, and later on, when the medical examiner takes a look at her, they'll find that she's been stabbed numerous times with an ice pick, kind of as if they were torturing her for information. Well, because of her connections, the cops first suspected the mob hit, but they really didn't have any idea why the outfit cared about her. And the newspapers and other law enforcement people had a lot of different theories. Uh, one of them was that she had told on Cercella. She had ratted out Cercella to the IRS where he'd been hiding and when he was arrested and held as a material witness. Uh, I, I'm not too sure about that theory. Another one was that the outfit knew that Cercella and Carrie were getting money being skimmed from the Hollywood extortion money. And this was just a payback for her. Seemed like a long ways to go to pay back this woman when she wouldn't really have the access to skim the money. She would have taken advantage of the skim money, but she wouldn't have the access to skim. Uh, I'm not sure if I buy that one. Uh, but the, the last one, to me, the most logical is that they wanted to dissuade Mr. Cercilla from Nick Cercilla from ever testifying against the outfit in this case. Uh, or, you know, the last theory, of course, this could have just been a random crime. Somebody knocked on her door, she opened it up, some nutcase, and he goes in there and, and he ties her up and stabs her a bunch of times with an ice pick. 
and, and lets her go um, and, and then sets her on fire. I don't know. But later on, that's the most logical that Nick might was going to testify because a prosecutor would say as soon as Carrie was killed, that was the end of it. So Silla, he ended up taking a case. Now, Willie Byoff reacted with rage. It said that he said, uh, you know, while we do the time, they kill our families. So, you know, I don't know. Cercella will do some time. Willie Byoff will, will testify, but he'll be killed in, I think, 1955. He's living in Arizona, uh, and he's really living a high-profile life. He's actually working back in Las Vegas with Gus Greenbaum. He knows Barry Goldwater, and he's getting in the newspapers, getting his picture in the newspapers, and he goes out to his car one morning uh, out there in Arizona and gets in, and, and this remote control detonated bomb goes off, and that's the end of Willie Bioff. So, so that's the story of Estella Carey and the brutal torture and murder of Ms. Carey. And, you know, Caifano knew her. He had dated her. She let somebody in. Other people may have said at the time that was his job to take care of her. You know, I don't know. Did he do it? We're, we're putting a lot of murders on Marshall Caifano, but I, I think he's good for him. Thanks a lot, folks. And don't forget, hit me up on Venmo uh, at Gangland Wire or buy me a cup of coffee uh, on the Cup of Coffee app. Uh, go to my website and check things out. Don't forget to look out for motorcycles. And, and if you, especially if you're a veteran, you have a problem with PTSD, go to the Veterans Administration website and uh, find the PTSD hotline. Thanks a lot, folks.